Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Steve. And this is Andy. And this is Steve and Andy Me Batman, episode 31, A Death Worse Than Fate. We're back. I know everybody has been on the edge of their seats wondering if Aunt Harriet is dead or not. All I can say, I hope so. <laughs> Andy, how have you been? I've been doing pretty well. How are you doing? Uh, not too bad. Um, just trying to stay out of the heat. It's been extremely hot here in Austin. Oh, really? It's not that bad right here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I it feels pretty good here. Oh, it's not like over, uh, overly hot. Although, you know what, I'll, ta- I'll, I'll take it back. Like a couple days ago, it was like really hot, but now it's just like normal. I think whatever I... normal means when it comes to <laughs> I heard on the news that this year in Texas, they have broken a record for over 100 days where the temperature is over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. And for you, uh, Europeans and every non-Americans, basically that that's like 38 degrees Celsius or 40 degrees Celsius. So, so we, that is like roasting. <clears throat> that it's extremely hot. Yes, <laughs> this year is we've had more days over 100 than any other year. So, what if they miss that and they just hear the 100 and they go, <clears throat> excuse me, and they hear the 100 and it's like, oh my god, 100 degrees Celsius. <laughs> that would be like flames coming up from the ground. <laughs> Uh, it's not, it's not quite that bad, but <clears throat> it feels like it actually, but I'm indoors. I stay indoors a lot of times. So does it actually doesn't Steve, really affect me that Steve's much. homeless, so <laughs> he has to live out there. This episode of death worse than fate. Like I said earlier, uh, we're, we'll find out if Aunt Harriet burns to death. <laughs> it's like she's in Texas. <laughs> so last episode we announced the complete grand prize for our name, your cat contest. It yeah, includes no. the book. Gotham City, 14 Miles by Jim Beard. We mention it all the time here on the show. We've interviewed Jim Beard. You can have a copy for yourself. I don't know what else to say. If you don't enter this contest now, all with all the fabulous prizes. Then you're not a Batman fan. And let's not forget that just for entering, you get a special episode of Stephen Andy. <laughs> That's right. I meant to mention that on the last episode. But if you enter, just by entering the contest, we'll send you an MP3 of a... Special episode of Stephen Anime Batman. We're going to review some 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 comic book or movie or something, and it'll be good, it, exclusive. So you can know you'll be one of a few who can ever hear that. Right. We might review the <laughs> Beatles song something. You never know. <laughs> um. All right. So I guess are you ready to get into this week's episode? I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. So this right, is ep- let's do this <laughs> episode ten of Batman: A Death Worse Than Fate. Do you have some? info about this episode for us sure sure the original air date was february 10th 1966 it was written by lorenzo simple jr directed by norman foster of course and ban and bancroft jeez and baxter <laughs> not and bancroft and baxter is back as zelda the great uh, uh little trivia bits i like the uh little trivia <laughs> bit um the episode was originally entitled Zelda takes the rap which doesn't rhyme with zelda the great i like it was originally titled zelda takes a crap the first part was called Zelda Takes a Crap. The second part was going to be called Zelda Takes a Crap. So. And, uh, and there's an insider reference on the show. Is Alfred states his, his reason for not polishing Batman's bat poles on Wednesday evening was because of his, his obsession with a certain show. Is that an innuendo? I think it is. <laughs> like Batman was like, why haven't you been waxing my pole? Oh my god. Wednesday night. And we'll get into that uh, that specific reference 
as we review this episode. It's pretty funny. I like I like how they reference the show in the show. It's kind of funny. Is it really is it really a reference to the show? What if it was like another show on Wednesdays <laughs> on ABC? He's talking about Survivor, I think. <laughs> I think that shows on Thursday. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Is it? All right, last episode, we, we saw a bank was robbed of $100,000 by a mysterious figure. Of course, it was Zelda the Great. Um, it turns out the money was counterfeit, or at least that's what Batman planted in the newspaper. He has that kind of power. Yes. Uh, Batman and Robin figure out the thief was female, so they set up a jewel as a trap, naturally. It has to be a jewel. Um, however... Yeah. A woman, you know. <laughs> Zelda, using her feminine intuition, realized it was a trap, and so she kidnapped Aunt Harriet instead. I don't know why, why she chose Aunt Harriet, but um, we... Uh, do, you know, do you know what show he was probably talking about? That the show on Wednesday night that he's obsessed with? The Beverly Hillbilly. <laughs> probably that was what. also on Wednesday night. There you go. So Zelda demands $100,000 delivered in one hour, or Aunt Harriet will be thrown into a pit of flames and die. <laughs> Imagine Alfred sitting around going, oh, Beverly Hillbillies is about to come on. Sits down and he watches the Beverly Hillbillies, Green Acres, Goomer Pile lineup on CBS. I I can imagine that, yeah. I think he's a big Beverly Hillbillies, big Aunt granny fan or whatever. Oh, my God. <laughs> the fancy eating table. Oh, my God. Oh, uh. <laughs> he so, probably watches and he goes, this is how I look at Bruce Wayne. He's nothing but a Gotham Hillbilly. <laughs> oh, my God. So we open at police headquarters. Uh, Gordon is pacing back and forth. He, he can't find Bruce Wayne anywhere. Uh, Robin is there. He says, you know, Batman will find him. Again, they don't suspect that Bruce Wayne is kidnapped. It doesn't make any sense. O'Hara is very casual. Do you notice he's not wearing a jacket? No, he's kind of dressed down. I didn't notice that. So there you go. His pants are unbuckled and everything. He's really, like, casual. Uh, O'Hara comes in. He said he's called every rich man's club in Gotham, and Bruce is at none of them. Uh, Gordon kind of laughs. He said, "What it's... are millionaires' clubs? Are those like the clubs in Eyes Wide Shut that like Tom Cruise goes to with the masks and everything?" I think that's exactly what they are. <laughs> uh, like Gordon kind of laughs to himself. He said, "It's hard for us to understand these millionaires. Like it's it, someone's life is on the line." And Gordon's joking exactly. around. O'Hara says, well, I, I bet Wayne is out on a yacht uh, eating sherbet and changing his clothes. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> was, did that throw you off a little bit, too? I that, watch it. I like how O'Hara is like, uh, that's what he he believes that rich people do. They go out, they get a yacht, they go out in the on their yacht, uh, they eat sherbet, and they just change clothes all the time. It doesn't make any sense. And Gordon kind of gives O'Hara a... O'Hara has never changed his clothes. <laughs> Because he's not a millionaire. Uh, Gordon kind of gives it like a knowing nod, like, yeah, I bet that's probably where he is. Yep. <laughs> he's goddamn bastard eating sherbet, changing his clothes. <laughs> I'm wondering why they don't contact Alfred. Do, don't and don't they have a crew out at Wayne Manor investigating? Alfred would be there and they, they could be like, hey, where's Bruce? <laughs> Alfred would probably say, he's out on his yacht eating sherbet, changing clothes. <laughs> That was, like, the greatest line of dialogue ever written. Yeah, I know. It was good. So 25 minutes have gone by. Uh, they only have 35 minutes left to save Aunt Harriet. But just then Bruce comes in. Uh, Bruce says that Batman... Wearing he, all new clothes. Yeah, I know. He had changed his clothes, clearly. Uh, Bruce said that Batman you know, found him and told him about the situation. But Batman had to dash in search of a clue. Uh, Gordon says, all right, good thing you're here. Let's go. Um, I'll explain to you the full situation on the way to the TV station. Um, Cause he has every TV station in Gotham on standby 
I don't know how he has that kind of power. Again, it seems like the the police department controls the media in this city. They do. <laughs> um, so they're, they're going to use the TV stations to try to get in contact with Zelda. I like Gordon orders O'Hara to ready his driver, which is a great use of taxpayer money. <laughs> you would think Gordon is changing his clothes in his office. <laughs> I, so we mentioned last time that security guard was put on life support and probably taken off because the city can't afford it because they have to pay for gordon's driver and all of his clothes and sherbert too exactly so they race off meanwhile at zelda's lair we see zelda watching tv some western she's really into westerns i think yeah uh they cut in with a special announcement from gordon uh he's there with robin and bruce it's really a ridiculous thing they kind of they're just at this table with some microphones <laughs> Bruce, Robin, and Gordon cut in on every network in Gotham, or just that one no, particular every, one. No, every and they network. Were just, and they were just lucky that it was the one that Zelda was watching. I think it was every network. I don't think they got lucky. Gordon says there's no such thing as luck. You make your own luck. <laughs> he said luck is for losers. Do you think she was watching <laughs> The Monroes, which was the show on right after Batman on Wednesday night? Oh, it might have been. that. Probably, I guess. That would make sense. A little plug there for it. But anyway, they cut to... But, uh, Robin, Bruce, and Gordon sitting at a table. I like how Batman's not there. It's like Robin. It's so weird. Yeah, Robin said he's speaking on behalf of Batman. Uh, they give out a phone number, and they they are pleading for the safe return of Aunt Harriet. Just then, Zelda picks up the phone, and she gives him a call. I like No one else called. Only Zelda called. People in Gotham aren't like... Everyone just turned it off right away. <laughs> God damn it. It was like the scene in Zodiac, you know, when the Zodiac killer calls in to the... Uh... Yeah. He demands that space on the on the, the local news. I don't know yeah. if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. There you go. It's and they probably got it from this again. Well, that also happened in real life. The Zodiac. No, no, he got it. The Zodiac killer got it from the show. From the Batman series. He was watching. He's like, "That's a good idea." <laughs> How do we know the Zodiac killer wasn't a woman? Did they oh analyze God. the what silk was, fibers and the? It was probably Zelda the Great, <laughs> an, an illusionist that got bored. That's why she would like tie him up and everything to see if they could escape. Yeah. It all makes sense. We've just solved a major unsolved mystery here on this show. So Steve and Andy. Steve and Andy meet the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> so Zelda picks up the phone and calls. She tells him she has Aunt Harriet, but Aunt Harriet's in a straight jacket hanging over a barrel of flaming oil. Um, Bruce kind of freaks out. He says, how can a woman stoop to such a trick? Like it's okay for a man to do that, though? <laughs> uh, it is. O'Hara does it all the time. That's true. He finds drifters and stuff out in the out on the, on the on the banks of the Gotham River, and he brings them in to the station and ties them up, and all the police laugh at the, the, poor, <laughs> the poor hobos that are tied up over fire. Uh, for his own sick pleasure, he makes them change clothes and stuff like that, <laughs> like like rich people. <laughs> <laughs> he calls fruits while doing it. So. Uh, Batman, yeah, Batman says, how, how can you stoop to such a trick? And Zelda's like, look, you use, or Batman and Robin use tricks all the time. What about that fake jewel? Robin uh, <laughs> then says, well, you know, it's, you know, it's perfectly fair to use tricks when we fight crime. A little bit of a double standard there, but. Yeah, really. Um, Zelda then gives him some instructions about the ransom, but Robin stops her and he says, look, I have a confession to make. That headline about the counterfeit money was planted by Batman. It was fake. The money is real. Uh, Gordon says, look, I can prove it. He has a, a notarized letter from the editor of the Gotham City Times. And it, it's just a, all it says is that headline was fake. And it's, he's like, look, it's got a signature and a stamp right there. This headline was fake. Um, so basically what this means is the Gotham City 
times has their credibility ruined. So no. They, they do every crime wave. <laughs> Uh, Bruce then reveals that he's a director of the First National Bank of Gotham, of, of course. I mean, obviously, he's, he, he's confirming the money is 100% real. And Gordon says, yeah, as a bank director, if he made a false statement, he'd be liable for federal prosecution. I'm not sure if that's actually true, though. I think he made that up. Also, I want to know, is, is uh, if he's the head, like the director of the Gotham Banks, wouldn't he, wouldn't he be also a member of the League of Banks? The same league that was so upset about Zelda's crime wave last last week. And the same league that has the police force of Gotham in their back pocket. Hmm. I think we're, we're unraveling a larger mystery here exactly. about... <laughs> exactly. And the, the, the same bank league that every Wednesday night have sherbet eating and clothes changing parties. <laughs> oh my god. They do. Those big... Fat cats at the bank changing their clothes all the time. That's all they do at Millionaire Clubs, <laughs> change their clothes. Um, so basically, Robin is saying that money's real. You have no reason to ransom Aunt Harriet. It's, it's unnecessary to have this crime. And <laughs> Bruce says, you already have your filthy lucre. The rich guy said that, too, by the way. Uh, Zelda... <laughs> Zelda says, oh, my God, I, okay, I'll release Anne Harriet. She hangs up the phone. Robin and Bruce, very excited they've freed Anne Harriet. <laughs> Later, we see Anne Harriet getting dumped out in the middle of Gotham City. She's, she's overall She's safe. like Paul Diamati. <laughs> just getting dumped. Yeah, criminals just dump their, uh, their what do you say, your, their kidnappees? What is the word yep. for that? Their abductees. Abductees, yeah. They just dump them. That's, that's <laughs> happening all the time in Gotham. Just people are getting dumped on the street after they've been kidnapped and ransomed. Well, at least she just wasn't, like, dumped in the middle of the field that had a park bench. <laughs> Later at Wayne Manor, we see Bruce, Robin, and Alfred. Um, a doctor is also there. He comes out of Aunt Harriet's room. She's all right, but she doesn't remember anything about her kidnapper. All those fumes from the flame, the, from the barrel of burning oil has kind of didn't, messed, didn't the messed with her head. Didn't the doctor say she weird anal trauma, though? <laughs> I think he did. That was in the uh, original... The script from this show. Uh, Al Alfred, he's looking really sad. He says the whole thing is his fault. He was dusting the Batcave when the false phone call arrived, and Bruce is like, you were just doing your job. Uh, this is, if Alfred didn't dust the Batcave, he would get a beating. That's what oh, Bruce meant. Basically, is what he's saying. Uh, Alfred's like, well, normally I clean the Batcave Bruce, on... Bruce basically said, I'd rather Aunt Harriet be dead than an undusted <laughs> Batcave. Dusty Batcave, alive Aunt Harriet. Uh, the choice is clear, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, Alfred uh, says normally he cleans the Batcave on Wednesday nights, but he failed to do so because of his, quote, addiction to a certain TV program. That Come was. On, <laughs> Again, that was a reference to the Batman TV series, which, which well, aired on Wednesday nights. It was a reference nights. to Peyton Place. <laughs> Uh, Bruce is like, look, Aunt Harriet's fine. And then Alfred says, oh, by the way, I, I found this clue. I found a book of matches uh, from the Gnome Bookstore. And if you remember, this is Aval Ekdal's hideout is behind the Gnome Bookstore. I, I like Bruce's, like, darn nice thinking, Alfred. Like, what is Alfred supposed to uh, – that's not even a thinking thing. He found this – what's he not supposed to give it to them? <laughs> Good thinking and giving us a clue that you found. I guess that's – They just, you know, pitch it. You know, like, oh, well, look what I found. <laughs> So uh, Batman and Robin race off. Uh, by the way, Bat Bruce has said, um, Alfred, you're getting your beating for not dusting it on Wednesday night. He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Batman and Robin race off. Uh, we see them driving through a cityscape. The background, by the way, that they used here is Times Square in New York. Uh, Batman reminds Robin that the criminal is a female magician because of her escape in the last episode when she was trying to uh, steal the the jewel. <laughs> Robin said, that does us no good. There's 27 female magicians licensed to practice in Gotham. Do you need a license to practice magi- um, magic in Gotham? Yes, you do. I found it was weird that you have to have a license and be registered to, to practice magic in Gotham. It's like practicing medicine in Gotham. But the fact that there's 27 female magicians. <laughs> I know, it's I mean, a little... Seven, how many male magicians are there as well? I mean, we're talking, there, there might be more than 50 registered magicians in Gotham City. Well, I think this, this licensing thing explains a little bit why Zelda has to stoop to crime and why many magicians in Gotham are criminals is because those licenses aren't cheap. No, it's, it's expensive. It's kind of like how there was like, what, like there was like nine umbrella factories in Gotham in that one episode? Yeah. How big is Gotham? <laughs> I know, I know. It's it's a little strange. Are there really that, the need for like 50 magicians in one city? There's like 100 million people in Gotham. I don't know. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the gnome bookstore at Aval Ekdal's hideout. He's counting the real money because it's, of course, he realizes that it's real money now. I like how he kept what he thought was counterfeit money. He didn't, like, burn it or anything like that. Like, I, I know. Good thing, too. So, he agrees to tell Zelda the secret of the Doom Trap. And, okay, this is the stupidest secret for his trap ever. He's like, there's no way to escape the trap. Only Batman can escape and see they're going to lure Batman into the trap, and then when he figures out how to escape the trap, that then they'll know that's how you escape it. It's a horrible design. I can't believe she's paying $100,000 for this. I know. I know. Uh, I Zelda says, you know, how can I perform the trick on stage? Batman will know the secret. It'll be ruined. And Aval is just like, yeah, we'll kill him. We'll just kill him. <laughs> <laughs> just then the buzzer rings. A uh, few men enter their mobsters, clearly, because they have pinstripe suits on. <laughs> they they have a giant case of money, $100,000. Aval tells Zelda he gets another 100000 for, quote, fingering the Batman. That is disgusting. Hmm. Uh, he signed I don't a... know how much he got for fingering Anne Harriet. <laughs> oh, my God. That was free, I think. That... Um, he signed a contract with the syndicate. Um, Zelda is distressed. She doesn't like this life of crime. And Aval said, stop your stupid complaining. This, this is it. This is how it's going to go down. Do you think of a way to lure Batman into the trap? Zelda's like, hey, I'm already one step ahead of you. She planted a book of matches on Aunt Harriet. Batman's on his way here now. Uh, at the mobster, oh, the mobsters go to hide out. <laughs> like one of them asked, what's the shooting schedule? <laughs> Aval explains the instant Batman escapes the trap, you shoot him. One of them's like, can, can we please shoot him before he goes into the trap? Just to be sure. It's, it seems like a good idea, but no. It, that's not how... The, there's always, in these episodes, kind of one goon or somebody who has a good idea and it gets shot down. So You would think that that person would be like the main villain. Yeah, it's not. not how it works in Gotham. Outside, we see Batman and Robin pull up to the bookstore. They they bust inside. It's empty. Um, meanwhile, in the back room, Aval and Zelda, they're using these periscopes to spy on Batman and Robin. Not quite sure how that worked, but they yeah. just... I Who just, installed these periscopes? I just rolled with it. I don't know. Uh, Batman sees a note on the counter. It says, check out this 
this new book. It's on the last sh- shelf. Uh, How did they know the note was for them, though? I, I see this. Here's what I think. Batman just saw that note, and he's an avid reader. He's like, oh. He's always looking for new, cool books to read. So he's like, maybe this is like the girl with the dragon tattoo back yeah, here. Or... He was like the one that kind of like discovered that here in the United States. Like any kind of like there's like a hot new book, like when Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. It was yeah. like Batman that was the one that was reading it first. And he's the one that said, hey, O'Hare, you have to read this book. You know? That's how it went down. So they yeah. go back and they find the book. It's called The Truth About Bats. Just then a bookshelf opens behind them. That The Truth About Bats triggered that somehow. I don't know. So if anyone ever wanted to go get that book, actually buy that book they'd wind up in the the real in, criminal in, lair i don't know it's not well thought through by aval so um they enter the back room and they're kind of looking around and aval flips a switch that <laughs> batman first when he first enters there he goes bizarre yeah i know <laughs> that's not the most bizarre thing he's ever seen bizarre aval uh, flips the switch it reveals the trap the little glass or the plastic box uh batman says a play without actors hmm that didn't quite make sense uh batman and robin go into the death trap it's so stupid it's obviously a trap there's a giant there's like a comically huge lock on front of it and they just wander in like it's no big thing just then aval locks the trap batman and robin they're trapped inside aval gets on a microphone he reveals to batman and robin they're trapped in his inescapable doom trap he says try to escape um and they, they kind of go toward their utility belts, and he said, that's not going to work on my Jet Age plastics. They're impervious to your tools. I like Jet Age. I think that's been used a couple times in this show. That was used in the film The Graduate, wasn't it? When, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think plastics. I think The Graduate got got that from this show. I think The Graduate is about Evil before he became the master criminal. Oh, my God. That When the guy said one word, plastics, that's... Yes. That's Aval. Okay. Oh. There's no, a connection there, yeah. Benjamin. He, Dustin Hoffman plays him. <laughs> he started thinking plastics later in life. That's true. There's a connection to almost every major film with this show. So, yeah. um, so Aval flips a switch that releases a deadly colored gl- uh, gas. It has to be colored for TV. Right? I mean, for yeah, the effects. Yeah. <laughs> Batman, just, like, just white. Batman and Robin are, they're running out of time. They move toward the ground. Just then, Batman realizes this gas is floating. It's lighter than air. Therefore, it must have hydrogen in it. I don't know if that's true. So he uses his utility belt to ignite the gas, making it explode, killing Batman and Robin. No, they, they're fine <laughs> somehow. They leap out. Just then, the, the mobsters aim their guns. They jump out. They're, they're going to shoot Batman and Robin. But Zelda, she gets on the microphone, and she warns them just in time. You see, she's kind of in love with Batman. She can't – since she's a woman, exactly. she must be in love with Batman. That's how it works in this show. It does, yes. So they, they kind of duck out of the way of the bullets, and the mobsters wind up shooting each other, and they, they die, I guess. How grim for an episode of Batman. I think that's maybe the first and only time that people die via bullets in this show. I it's, think so. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Aval tries to escape. Batman and Robin knock him out. Well, well there's the one air, unaired episode where O'Hara finally has enough of Gordon and shoots some point blank in the face. <laughs> that's the final episode. That, yeah. Here <laughs> Batman has to bring in O'Hara. So Aval tries to escape, but uh, Batman and Robin knock him out. Uh, Zelda comes out. She's genuinely sad. She's crying. 
And they are real tears because Batman smells her tears, and he can. I thought he tasted them. I thought he licked them off his hand. Oh, even weirder. Than I thought if Batman that's loved the taste of women's tears. Mm. He every criminal that's crying, he licks their tears off their face. Very, it's weird behavior by Batman, but that's part of his mystique in the show. I it's think. He says it gets them off. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> she gives herself up. He Batman or Batcuffs her, I guess. He Batman's her. Later. Much later at the Gotham State Penitentiary, the female ward, we see Zelda. She's walking out. She's got a visitor. She's, by the way, in a very sexy, slim-fitting jail suit. That she's was pillbox hat. That was on order of Commissioner Gordon. Yes, he's like these are the suits the female prisoners were will wear. No, and question. he also said false face has to wear. It. <laughs> uh, uh, Bruce is there to see Zelda. Uh, he said, "You know, I realize you actually saved Batman and Robin's life." He said, you've earned a new chance. The Wayne Foundation is going to give you a job at the Children's Hospital as a magician. He has the power to just release criminals, give them jobs. He said that she was going to be the resident magician. Do all hospitals in Gotham have a resident magician? I guess that's where the 27 magicians come in, maybe. (laughs) Maybe that's where it is. They're all working in hospitals. So Bruce is going to give a criminal a job at a children's hospital? Not not sure if that's... He thought it sounded good. And you know what? This is the one case of a reformed criminal in Gotham because we never see uh, Zelda again. That's true. So there you go. You know, there's a couple other villains that we see once, like Shane. We never see him again, or the Archer. I think that's the only time he's on. But, but they're, they're never reformed. They're, they're just sort of like, they're he kills locked them up. Off yeah. camera. <laughs> they die in prison. They die in prison. All right, that's it. Um, another good episode. Aunt Harriet, unfortunately, lived. She'll be around again. So Yeah, mm. it happens. Uh, the next episode is another Riddler episode with Frank Gorshin. Yeah. And another good one. A riddle a day keeps the Riddler away. I don't think that's... I, that doesn't sound That's right not true. A riddle, a riddle a day will keep the Riddler nearby. Think, it doesn't, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really rhyme. But. Maybe it should be like the, a riddle a day keeps the doctor away or something. I don't know. Something. I don't know. Keeps the Batman away. That would have been nice. That would be better. Yeah. yeah. A riddle a day keeps the Batman Why weren't we writing the titles of these episodes? I don't know. Uh-huh. It actually, should be called "The Riddler Takes a Crack." <laughs> All right, uh, that might have been the original name. I don't know, but find out what happens with the Riddler next next week. Yes, I guess we should recap the contest. It's coming to a close here soon. So if you have any cat names, just send them to stevenandy at gmail dot com. You can win as a first place prize a Batman poster, a signed photograph of our cats, a. Well, I already said a poster, a a uh, record, a Batman Christmas record, and Gotham City, 14 Miles by Jim Beard. Second place prize is JLA Detroit and a Batman poster. And the third place prize is an issue of Batman Brave and the Bold. And if you just enter, we will send you an MP3 of a very special episode that we will not release on our regular podcast feed. So you can have that all to yourself and just know that you're one of the few. So. One of the one of the proud. You're like Marine. <laughs> the few, the proud, the people who entered the cat contest. <laughs> exactly. All right. Check out our blog, stevenandy.blogspot.com. Uh, we've got back episodes there, fun stuff. You know, check it out. It's fun. Yeah. Right? It's always fun. Leave us an iTunes review. We like to get those. That helps your chances of winning the contest, as does sending us regular emails. So. Exactly. Um, anything else? 
Oh, I'm trying to think of something else, but I, I you know what? I can't think of anything else. So Andy's in the process of moving, so yeah, these yeah. episodes might come out a little bit slower, but don't don't worry, we'll we're not going anywhere except Andy no. who is going somewhere, well, yeah, but <laughs> Andy, any closing words? Um no. Uh, this will probably be my last episode from Columbus. Are you going to see any magicians, female magicians, before you On go? On my way out? Well, Columbus actually has something like 50 registered magicians, female magicians. It's kind so of what, is, Columbus, is the, Columbus is the female magician capital of the Midwest. Isn't that true? Yeah, it is. Yes. <laughs> so enjoy your, your move. Have a good flight. You've got quite the flight from what you were telling me. I do, I do, I know. You're going everywhere. I mean, you're going from Columbus to Minnesota, which isn't that far, but I think you're flying basically around the world to get there. Pretty much, yeah, that's what it seems like. Don't you, this is really a part of the Steve and Andy world tour. Yeah. You're just going to make stops in St. Louis and Londinium. Yeah, I am, there is a stop in London. <laughs> All right, Andy, I will talk to you later. All right, I'll talk to you later. See you. See you. I know nothing's gonna change my clothes